have to pray. And I have to give you thanks, oh God. Because you are. Because you are. And we are so grateful that you are God. Te damos gracias, Señor, porque tú eres Dios. It moves us to be able to praise you because this is what you made us for. Nos has hecho para alabarte, Señor. Forgive us where we have not done that, where we have lowered our vision and our focus. Perdónanos donde hemos bajado el enfoque y la visión. We haven't seen you at work because you've been at work in the good times and the bad. You never stop working. Nunca, nunca dejas de obrar en las malas, en las buenas, estás ahí. So we're here to praise you. Accept our praise through Jesus Christ our Lord. Acepta nuestra adoración por medio del Señor Jesucristo. And all God's people say, Amen, Amen. So good, as Cody said, to worship God. Please be seated. Por favor, siéntense. It is a blessing to be in the house of God, to worship Him. And we have many blessings among us, including our children. We want to send our children to Children in Worship Time right now. There is a whole crowd of them. And this is the generation we want to prepare and share God with so that they can follow Jesus and proclaim Him well beyond our lives. Queremos bendecir a los niños que van al tiempo de niños en adoración. As all of those children are going out for children in worship time, I want to highlight two other ways that you can connect. Hay dos maneras de conectarnos. First, men. Men, I'm talking to you. Next Saturday, actually in two Saturdays, two Saturdays, the 20th of March, we are having a men's breakfast here at sunrise, 8.15 a.m. Uh, it says 9.30, but it might be longer. I don't know. Anyway, we're going to get together and eat, talk, pray, uh, connect, and I'm planning to be there. I hope you can too. Queremos invitar a todos los hombres para un desayuno de hombres el 20 de marzo, un sábado a las 8 y 15 de la mañana. Por favor, conéctense con nosotros. The other thing is, last week, one of our deacons, Mike Hickey, announced about a great opportunity for us to reach out through our new ministry with Care Portal. We were to have done some cleanup yesterday uh, for a family who needed this. In order to keep the family together, that was delayed. We needed to get a dumpster from the county, and that will be available next Saturday. So the 13th, this has been moved to March 13, uh, el evento de, de limpieza para mantener integrada una familia se ha, se ha trasladado a 13 de marzo. Next Saturday morning, we are going to have a crew from Sunrise, from Pipeline Church in Visalia to meet at this location. And Mike's number's right there. Please contact Mike if you are willing to be there with your hands and your heart. And there is a sign-up as well at the end or at the table there in the back. Hay una inscripción para los que quieren ayudar o pueden contactarse con Mike en el número que se indica en la pantalla. I want to invite you to get your Bibles ready too as we go into this new series of messages today. Uh, we're going to be looking at a lot of places from God's Word, several places. We're beginning a, a new series of messages called Making Sense of God. Es una nueva serie que es comprender quién es Dios. Now, that's a simple title. 
making sense of God. Es un título sencillo, but it refers to something that is a lot more complicated than that. Se refiere a algo complejo. Making sense of God. I mean, how can you even begin to do that? Uh, that, in a very real way, is a lifelong pursuit for us. We will never completely make sense of God, and I'll explain why in just a little bit. Uh, no podemos uh, comprender quién es Dios del 100%, but it is a lifelong task. In fact, if you go back in your memory banks, it all began years ago for all of us. When as children, or maybe as teenagers, or whenever it was, we were told about this great being known as God. Can you remember some of those earliest memories? ¿Pueden recordar cuando se, se te dijeron de este ser que es Dios? And from very early on, we began to engage in this task of trying to understand, to try and make sense of God. And children, and especially children, I think, have this very natural desire, this natural hunger to want to figure this out, to want to understand and make sense of God. Los niños tienen un deseo grande y natural para comprender quién es Dios. And many times that desire that children have is reflected in the questions that they ask. And those questions from children can often leave us as adults smiling or sometimes even scratching our heads like, wow, where did they come up with that question? That's a deep question. Los niños tienen preguntas que a veces nos dejan con sonrisas o rascando la cabeza. You've all heard of letters to God, and there are different letters to God out there that children write. Hay cartas a Dios de los niños. I wanted to just give you a few examples of some children's questions about God. For example, one child says, Dear God, did you want the giraffe to look like that, or was that an accident? Querido Dios, ¿Quería que la jirafa se viera así o es un accidente? Yeah, good question. Another child says, uh, Dear God, they, they've told us what you do. I've learned about what you do. He aprendido lo que tú haces. So who does it and who's in charge when you're on vacation? ¿Qué lo hace cuando estás de vacaciones? Yeah, another one. How about this question? Dear God, instead of letting people die and making new ones, why don't you keep the people that you have? En vez de hacer morir las personas para hacer nuevas, ¿por qué no te quedas con las que ya tienes? That's one of those head scratchers, right? And finally, this one. Dear God, are you really invisible or is that just a trick? ¿De veras eres invisible o es un truco? These are amazing questions about God. And, and these kinds of questions that children ask and, and our adult questions as well are really all part of this attempt to, to get our arms around and understand and make sense of this being we call God. Esa pregunta son esfuerzos para comprender quién es Dios. And that is really what theology is all about. De eso se trata la teología. Now, we've talked a little bit about theology this morning. We're going to have a class tonight about theology, and maybe that word intimidates you. Uh, it can be an intimidating word. Esa palabra puede ser un poco intimidante, but I want to break it down for you. There are two other important words in that one word, theology. They are Greek words, or they have a Greek root. The one word is theos, which means God. Una palabra es teos, que quiere decir Dios. And the other word is logos, which means a word or a logical thought. Logos es una palabra, un, un pensamiento lógico. 
So when we talk about theology, what we're talking about is speaking words and thinking about God in such a way that we can begin to understand. We can begin to make sense of who God is. La teología es hablar y pensar de Dios para poder comprender quién es mejor. Now, R.C. Sproul, who's going to be part of the video teaching tonight, he makes an interesting statement. He says, biology is the logic of life. La biología es la lógica de la vida. And anthropology is the logic of human beings. La antropología es la lógica de los seres humanos. But he says, theology is the logic of God. La teología es la lógica de Dios. And when it comes to theology, I think one of the things we want to establish here from the beginning is that theology is not just for experts. It's not for, for, for academics only or specifically for pastors and leaders. No es algo la teología para los expertos. Really, all of us can be involved in theology. Children, adults alike, all of us really without knowing it sometimes, we are theologians. Because we're all in that, that pursuit of trying to make sense of God in our lives. Todos somos teólogos porque queremos comprender quién es Dios en nuestra vida. And that's good. But while all of us are engaged in theology, we all need to recognize another thing. We have a problem. We have a challenge. Hay un problema, hay un desafío. And it's this. We can't see God. No podemos ver a Dios. God is invisible to us. See, sí, Dios es invisible a nosotros. And we need to understand that the fact that we can't see God and He's invisible does not mean that's God's fault. That's not God's fault. That's not some trick that God is playing on us. No es la, la culpa de Dios. No es un truco de Dios. But there are other reasons why it is difficult for us to be able to encounter God. In fact, in the gospel according to Luke, chapter 11, verse 34, I believe Jesus gives us a way of understanding this. Luke 11, verse 34. Lucas capítulo 11, versículo 34. And this is what Jesus says in that verse. He says, your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are good, your whole body also is full of light. But when they are bad, your body also is full of light of darkness. Tus ojos son la lámpara de tu cuerpo. Si tu vista es clara, dice todo tu ser disfrutará de la luz, pero si está nublada, todo tu ser estará en la oscuridad. So what's Jesus talking about here? Well, first of all, we need to understand that uh, uh, in ancient times, in tiempos antiguos, both ancient Jews and ancient Greeks believed that in order to see, the act of seeing involved not only light coming into the eye from the outside, they believe that when you, when you see, actually there has to be a light coming out from the inside that shines upon the object, and that's what enables us to see. Los antiguos creían que, que para ver la luz tenía que entrar al ojo para, desde afuera, pero había que haber una luz desde adentro que salía. So when you look at something, there's light coming in, there's light going out. In fact, the ancient people believed that uh, blindness was caused not by a lack of light on the outside, because there's always light uh, whenever we see things. Uh, la, la ceguera no se causa por falta de luz por fuera. They believe that, that when you're blind, 
there's something wrong on the inside. The light has gone out, so to speak. There's no light coming out of the eye. Creen que, que la ceguera se causa por falta de luz por dentro. Se apaga la luz. The light has been turned off. Now, Jesus here is not interested in giving us a scientific lesson about how vision happens, but he's making a point about the way that we see spiritual reality. Jesús está hablando de cómo vemos la realidad espiritual. And so what he's saying here is when it comes to perceiving spiritual things, when it comes to uh, seeing the things of God, not only does there need to be a light on the outside of us, there needs to be some sort of light on the inside of us to enable us to see and understand and make sense of God. Para percibir a Dios hay que haber luz por fuera, pero también luz por dentro. I want you to keep that in mind because here's the thing that the Bible tells us, that when it comes to seeing God, we need both. We need both. In fact, in verse 35, Jesus says here, See to it that the light within you is not darkness. Don't get dark on the inside. Asegúrate, dice Jesús, que la luz que crees tener no sea oscuridad. Now, let's think about this. The Bible tells us that when it comes to God, there is plenty of light out there to tell us that God is there. There's plenty of light in the world around us to give us what we need to know that there is a God. Hay suficiente luz por fuera para creer que hay un Dios. Look with me at Romans chapter 1 verse 20. Romanos 1.20. And this is what it says. Since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from things, uh, from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. Desde la creación del mundo, las cualidades invisibles de Dios, su eterno poder y su naturaleza divina se perciben claramente a través de lo que Él creó, de modo que nadie tiene excusa. So, what is this saying? It's saying, although we cannot see God, there is enough light. The fingerprints of God are all over the creation. Las huellas de Dios están por toda la creación. If you look at the creation, you can perceive that there has to be in some way an eternal, all-powerful, divine being behind it all. Al ver la creación vas a ver que tiene que haber un ser eterno, todopoderoso detrás de todo eso. The problem is not a lack of light on the outside. When it comes to making sense of God, the problem is that we do not have sufficient light on the inside. Problema es que no tenemos suficiente luz adentro. Look at the next verse, Romans 1.21. Romanos 1.21. For although they, the human race, knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Dice esto es a pesar de haber conocido a Dios, la raza humana no lo glorificaron como a Dios ni le dieron gracias, sino que se extraviaron en sus inútiles razonamientos y se les oscureció su insensato corazón. What it's saying is 
we have a challenge of seeing God because the light has gone out on the inside. It's become dark on the inside because of sin. Estamos oscurecidos adentro por el pecado. Let's look at verse 25, just a few verses down. It goes on to explain this. It says, they, again, it's talking about the human race, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator. Cambiaron la verdad de Dios por la mentira, adorando y sirviendo a los seres creados antes que al Creador. So you see, the light inside has gone out because even though there's enough evidence out there to show that there is this great being called God, the human race has exchanged that truth, that light, for a lie. They've exchanged it for the darkness of skin, sin. Hemos cambiado la, la verdad de Dios por la mentira del pecado. Adam and Eve made the choice to worship and to serve a created thing, the forbidden fruit. They wanted the forbidden fruit more than they wanted God. Adán y Eva querían adorar el fruto prohibido más que a Dios. And we have followed in their footsteps. As a human race, we have fallen into a place where we have fixed our eyes and our worship and our pursuits upon the created things rather than on the Creator. And this has caused us to go dark. Hemos fijado los ojos en las cosas creadas en vez de al Creador. And so as Cody said before, because of that, we cannot see God in our own human reasoning, our own human ideas, our own human thoughts and perceptions, our own human experiences will not throw enough light out there for us to be able to make sense of God. La razón humana, los pensamientos humanos no pueden dar sentido a esto, no pueden comprender quién es Dios. All of our efforts, all of our attempts to figure out who God is will fall short. They will fail because we are spiritually blind. Nuestros esfuerzos para comprender a Dios van a fallar. We need help. We need a visual aid. We need something like a pair of spiritual glasses to turn on the light and to help us to see. Ocupamos como lentes espirituales. And here's the good news. God has given that to us. Dios nos lo ha dado. Turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. 2 Pedro 1, 19. And this is what it says. We have the word of the prophets, the prophetic message as something completely reliable. And you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place. Esto ha venido a confirmarnos la palabra de los profetas a la cual ustedes hacen bien prestar atención como a una lámpara que brilla en un lugar oscuro. What is that light that shines in the dark place? What is that light that is something completely reliable to show us who God is and what He is like. ¿Cuál es esa luz que nos puede brillar y mostrar quién es Dios? That light is the Word of God. It is the Bible. It is the Holy Scriptures. Es la Palabra de Dios. La Biblia. 
And it says here that this word of God is something that is completely reliable. It is infallible. It will not fail. It does not err. It is inerrant. It is on target. It is going to tell us the truth so that we can give up the lies that we've exchanged for it. Es infalible, sin error, y nos va a decir la verdad. So, so you see, the bottom line is this. We cannot make sense of God through our own human reasoning, our own human experience, which is why we need the revelation of God's Word. We need the shining of God's Word upon us. No podemos comprender quién es Dios con nuestra, nuestro razonamiento humano. Ocupamos la revelación de la palabra de Dios. Now, in that we need to remember that what we have is something reliable. How many of you last month took the theology survey that we did online? Some of you may have done that. Maybe not everybody. That's okay. I see a number of hands raised. Uh, tuvimos una encuesta de la teología. There were a couple of statements in that theology survey that I want to pay attention to right now. One of those statements was this. Había dos declaraciones. Modern science has disproved the Bible. La ciencia moderna refuta la Biblia. And then there was another statement, similar. This statement said that the Bible contains helpful accounts of ancient myths, but is not literally true. La Biblia contiene relatos útiles de mitos antiguos, pero no es literalmente cierto. I want you to think about those two statements for just a minute. Those two statements, I think, reflect the popular notions that we have in our day and age about the Bible. Those are attitudes that are quite popular. Son actitudes populares en cuanto a la Biblia. That the Bible has been disproven by modern science and, of course, that the Bible is just full of myths and we can't take it literally. La Biblia eh, ha sido refutada en la ciencia y contiene mitos. That's popular, but I'm here to tell you that is false. That is a mistaken notion. Es falso. 2,000 years before those statements, the Bible makes its own statements about itself. And I want to show you from 2 Peter again, if we go back just a few verses, 2 Peter 1, verse 16. Vamos a mirar 2 Pedro 1, 16. Peter's writing here and he says, here's the truth. We did not follow cleverly invented stories, myths, when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Cuando les dimos a conocer la venida de nuestro Señor Jesucristo en todo su poder, no estábamos siguiendo sutiles cuentos supersticiosos, mitos, sino dando testimonio de su grandeza que vimos con nuestros propios ojos. In verse 18, Peter says, We ourselves heard this voice, the voice of God that came from heaven when we were with Him, Jesus, on the sacred mountain, nosotros mismos oímos esa voz que vino del cielo cuando estábamos con él en el monte santo. Peter's talking about an event called the transfiguration where Peter, James, and John were with Jesus on the mountain and the voice of God spoke and a heavenly light appeared. Se trata de la transfiguración cuando Pedro eh, pudo ver la, voz, eh, la presencia y la voz de Dios. What is this saying? It's saying, let's be clear, the Bible is not a collection of fables and fairy tales. La Biblia no es una colección de, ni de fábulas ni de cuentos de hadas. 
What is the Bible in, in, in then? The Bible is, is really a collection of eyewitness reports of people who have had an encounter with God in which God has shown him something of himself and through the inspiration of his spirit they have written down these things for you and for me. Son reportes de personas que han tenido un encuentro exacto con Dios, personal con Dios y inspirados del Espíritu Santo han escrito esos reportes por nosotros. Over many centuries God appeared. God showed himself to many different people in many different ways showing something of his character and something of his person to them and they wrote these things down Dios apareció a varias personas de varias formas a los siglos until finally God fully and completely showed up on this earth in the person of his son Jesus Christ después Dios se manifestó en la persona de su hijo Jesús and that recorded testimony of the Bible through the centuries point to Jesus it is one testimony of many witnesses it has unity it, it, it points to the one thing which is Jesus esa Biblia tiene un testimonio unido al ser que es Jesús Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 says just what I've told you Hebreos 1.1 in the past God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days He has spoken to us by His Son. Dios que muchas veces de varias maneras habló a nuestros antepasados en otras épocas por medio de los profetas, en estos días finales nos ha hablado por medio de su Hijo. The Son has been appointed heir of all things, and through Him He made the universe. A este lo designó heredero de todo y por medio de Él hizo el universo. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact, see that? Exact representation of His being. El Hijo es el resplandor de la gloria de Dios, la fiel imagen de lo que Él es. God has put a lot of light on our path through His written word, the Bible, which then points to the living word, Jesus, who comes and Jesus is the exact representation of God. He shows us who God is. We make sense of God through Jesus. Podemos comprender quién es Dios por medio de Jesús. So has modern science disproved the Bible? ¿Ha refutado la Biblia la ciencia moderna? Not at all. Not at all. Para nada. You see, we need to understand the relationship between science and the Bible. Science, to be sure, can be a way of seeing our physical world. And it is not to be discounted by all means, no. Uh, science can give us some truth about this physical world. Uh, as Alistair McGrath says, science can explain how the things in our world work. La ciencia puede explicar uh, cómo son las cosas, cómo funcionan. Uh, another uh, has said science can explain uh, uh, the functions of the world. So in that sense, it's almost like science is a microscope. La ciencia es como un microscopio. What do you use a microscope for? Well, it's an instrument 
you use it to look at small things. You look, you look at a certain realm, the realm of microorganisms with a microscope. Puedes usar el microscopio para mirar microorganismos. It has a certain limit, however. It looks at those things within there, but you can't use that instrument to look at bigger things. No puedes usar ese instrumento para mirar cosas más grandes. You don't use a microscope to look at the stars, for example. No usas un microscopio para mirar las estrellas. It's outside of the scope. Science is useful for telling us a number of things about how this world functions and the cause and effect relationships between things in the physical world, but it is limited in its scope. It has a microscope. And besides that, science as a human endeavor is constantly being updated and changed. We don't see clearly even the physical world. We see through a dark glass dimly. La ciencia hay que modernizarla cada vez más. Vemos, pero no del todo. Science is like a microscope. We need to understand the Bible is like a telescope. La Biblia es como un telescopio. What do you use a telescope for? Well, it's an instrument, yes, and you use it to see worlds beyond your own. You can look through a telescope and you can see places you've never been. You can see the sun, you can see the moon, the stars, the planets, the galaxies. Con un telescopio ves otros mundos, la, uh, la luna, el sol, las estrellas, etc. You see things that are out there, right? The Bible is like a telescope. Yes, the Bible does tell us certain things about this physical world, and I believe that what it tells us are accurate things. La Biblia nos dice cosas del mundo físico, but the, the Bible's real aim is to show us that there is behind it all a God, an all-present, all-knowing, all-powerful God who has made it all. La Biblia nos dice que hay un Dios todo presente, omnisciente, omnipotente detrás de todo, and that this God, has actually taken the step of coming into his own creation in the person of his son to die, to rise, and to meet us personally and to recreate it all, starting with you and me. Este Dios ha venido a morir, resucitar y conocernos en la persona de su Hijo Jesús. John Lennox is a math professor at Oxford University. John Lennox is un profesor de matemáticas de Oxford. He's also a Christian. Es un cristiano. And I love how he explains the difference between science and the Bible. Explica la diferencia entre la ciencia y la Biblia. He asks this question. Why does the water in the teapot boil? ¿Por qué... El agua de la olla de té hierve. Why does the water in the teapot boil? Well, science will say the water in the teapot boils because the flame underneath the pot heats up the water molecules and they begin to agitate and to bounce around and move around ever more violently and they create vapor and steam and the water boils. That's what science would say. La llama por debajo empieza a calentar las moléculas de agua que se agitan y crean vapor, etc. Por eso. That's a scientific explanation of why water in the teapot boils. But we have to understand it's a very limited explanation. Es una explicación científica, pero limitada. It only gives us a microscope. 
Why does the water in the teapot boil? John Lennox asked. ¿Por qué hierve el agua de la olla de té? Because, he says, I want a cup of tea. Yo quiero una taza de té. And so I put the water on the stove and I turn on the flame. Yo pongo la olla en la estufa y yo prendo la llama. Now that's not a scientific explanation. No es una explicación científica, but it's a personal explanation and it is a logical, reasonable explanation and it is 100% valid. Es una explicación razonable, lógica y 100% válida. So why are you and I alive right now on this earth? ¿Por qué estamos vivos en esta tierra? Science would say that at this moment we are drawing in oxygen from an atmosphere made up mostly of nitrogen and somehow our bodies know how to pull out the oxygen and there's carbon dioxide on the inside that gets exchanged, it goes out, the oxygen goes in, it feeds our blood and that feeds all of the different chemicals in our body that react, the proteins, etc. that cause us to talk and to think and to move and to, to live. Nosotros respiramos oxígeno que se cambia con el, el carbono, el dióxido, etcétera, etcétera, y, y eso nos hace vivir. That's a scientific explanation of why we're alive right now, right? My best attempt. I'm not a real scientist, but that's a scientific explanation. Es una explicación científica. But why are we alive on this earth right now? ¿Por qué estamos vivos aquí ahora? Because the Bible would tell us there is a God who wanted us here. And so he has created us and he has put us on this earth in order to know him, to love him, to worship him and to fulfill his purposes for our lives. Hay un Dios que nos quiere y nos ha puesto en esta tierra para amarlo, servirlo, adorarlo y llenar su propósito. Now, that's not a scientific explanation. No es una explicación científica, but it is a personal explanation and it is logical, it is reasonable, it is 100% valid. Es válida esa explicación. In fact, without that explanation, You and I are in the dark. Science cannot tell us the purpose of our life. La ciencia nos deja en la oscuridad según de nuestro propósito. There is no meaning of why we're on this earth. There is no purpose to life without a connection to the true and living God. No hay propósito sin conexión con el Dios verdadero. So again, God's written word, the Bible is shining a light on God's living word, Jesus, and Jesus reveals to us and the Bible reveals to us who God is. We can make sense of God only through our connection with Jesus. Solo podemos comprender quién es Dios por medio de nuestra conexión con Jesús. 
So as we go forward in this series, each week we're going to be looking at different aspects of who God is, different questions, but I hope that through this, through the class, through other means, we can all grow in our theology. Queremos crecer en nuestra teología. Grow in our making sense of God. And, and I believe it starts with this, that we need to somehow take off and set aside our own limited human ideas about God, our own opinions. Well, I think God is this way. Well, that's great you think that way, but you're in the dark. We need to set that aside. Hay que poner al lado nuestras opiniones de Dios. And we need to put on the glasses of God's Word. This is what enables us to see. Hay que poner los lentes de la palabra de Dios. 2 Timothy 3.15 says, It is the Holy Scriptures that are able to make us wise for salvation. Las Sagradas Escrituras pueden darnos la sabiduría necesaria para la salvación. I love what Psalm 119.105 says, God's Word is a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. La palabra de Dios es lámpara a nuestros pies, luz para nuestro sendero. And, and so the invitation is this. Put the claims of the Bible to the test in your life. Pongan a prueba estas declaraciones de la Biblia. Jesus, again in Luke 11, 36, he basically says, if your whole body is full of light and none of it's dark, it's going to be as if the light of a lamp has shined on you. And that's the way it is when the Bible is lighting your path. Si tu cuerpo está en la luz y no en tinieblas, será como una luz. Si, hubi, si una luz hubiera alumbrado tu ser. Y esa es la Biblia. So I'm inviting us to, to put on the Word of God. And, and here's the thing. Can you see? Can you see your life? Can you see everything better through the lens of God's Word? ¿Pueden ver todo mejor en el lente de la Palabra de Dios? Do you find more hope? Do you find more peace? Do you find more courage for living? Do you find more love? Do you find more light? Encuentras más paz, más esperanza, valentía, amor, etc. I have. And you should too. Why? Because you see, God's word is our light in the dark. La palabra de Dios es nuestra luz. En la oscuridad. So let's pause and pray. Vamos a orar. Heavenly Father, we start to get to know you by confessing that we are unable to know you by ourselves. Empezamos a conocerte al confesar que somos incapaces de conocerte por nuestra propia cuenta. Thank you for the treasure, for the incredible blessing we have in the pages of your holy word. This amazing gift of grace Gracias por tu palabra, Señor. We thank you for the way you worked over the centuries to inspire its message. It speaks with authority, your authority. 
so we can trust it. And where others would say that it's twisted or it's wrong, we can trust that they are wrong. Donde otros dicen que tu palabra tiene horror, podemos saber que somos nosotros que tenemos el horror. Teach us to know and to love and to live by your word. Que podamos conocer y vivir y amar tu palabra, Señor. And you'll get the credit. All glory be to you, living God. We love you and want to make more sense of your plan for our lives. Ayúdanos a comprender mejor quién tú eres y tu plan para nuestra vida. We ask that you would do this for us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesucristo nuestro Señor. And all God's people say, Amen.